0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for the sh- first show for week 22, uh, Monday, March 13th of 2023. Uh, I'm your main host, Carsten. Unfortunately, we're not joined by Wyatt simply due to my uh, kind of lack of coordination within the last few hours. Essentially, uh, Wyatt and I kind of have a set time or a, a set couple of hours that we like to do the podcast <clears throat> on Monday night, excuse me. And I had something come up as far as some plans that were a little bit last minute. And so that pushed back our time frame. Wyatt wasn't able to do the show a little bit later. Uh, totally my uh, my bad as far as getting that coordinated. But, <clears throat> excuse me, Wyatt was kind enough to still provide us with some power rankings. And uh, his thoughts, <clears throat> man, I am struggling to get going here. He still provided us with uh, his MVP Uh, thoughts, his power rankings, so we're going to still incorporate that with the show, um, but we're just going to do this one quick without him, and we're likely going to have him tomorrow for Tuesday's show. Uh, So that being said, let's go ahead and dive right into it with our five-on-five drill. If you're new to the show, basically, uh, as we come back from the weekend, rather than recapping every single game and taking, you know, 30, 40 minutes to do just that, we like to focus on a, a handful of games that were interesting and or important over the weekend We give you some small facts from some of the other games, some interesting things to consider uh, or to be aware of. And then we'll go from that into our key news and things like that. So that being said, let's go ahead and start. we have two games from Friday, two games from Saturday and a game from Sunday to talk about. And on Friday we're going to start here with the uh, Brooklyn Nets winning in Minnesota against the Timberwolves, 124 to 123 in overtime. Very close game, very exciting game and a very an impressive win for Brooklyn. Um, this game was controlled by Minnesota up till the end of the third quarter. Brooklyn took the lead, Minnesota th- fought back to force overtime, but then Brooklyn won in overtime uh, as we mentioned. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, they were led by Anthony Edwards, as you'd expect, his 32 points, six rebounds. He also racked up three blocks and two steals. Impressive two-way play there. They also got 26 points and 13 rebounds, four steals and a block from Rudy Gobert, the defensive centerpiece. Um, all the other starters did score in double figures. Meanwhile, for the Nets, <clears throat> sort of similar stats in some ways, but um, Mikhail Bridges this time led to scoring for them, 34 points. 29 points, 11 assists for Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, and the rest of the starters all scored in double figures, including uh, 12 points, 15 rebounds, three steals from Royce O'Neill off the bench, along with Seth Curry's 11 points off the bench as the Nets get a very impressive win there. I wanted to mention this just because we had talked very briefly uh, at various points after the Durant trade, the Kyrie trade, about how we ex- anticipated the Nets falling in the Eastern Conference standings to probably somewhere within that uh, play-in type picture, maybe just a bit above. But the Nets are holding their ground, and they're uh, a winning team in this week. We'll talk a little bit more about that with our power rankings, but certainly impressive how they are exceeding expectations over these last few weeks. So definitely wanted to highlight that with that game. Uh, Kind of the, the flip side of this, we had a very surprising upset, and this keys into what this team has done this week. The San Antonio Spurs won... Uh, at home against the Denver Nuggets so two teams on opposite complete opposite ends of the Western Conference standings and the Spurs come out on top one of the lower record teams in all of the NBA this season they the Spurs win this one 128 to 120 very impressive win for them for Denver they were led by Jokic as you'd expect 37 points 11 rebounds 11 assists yet another triple double along with three steals they had 24 points seven assists six rebounds three steals and two blocks from jamal murray he really filled up the stat sheet uh uh, kcp and aaron gordon also had double figure scoring the spurs though very balanced attack uh seven guys with 10 or more points led uh primarily by kelvin johnson's 23 points eight rebounds six assists 20 off the bench for Doug McDermott, the sharpshooter. He was four for four from three-point range. And uh, 19 for Jeremy Sohan, the rookie. And the Spurs get a very surprising win against the Nuggets. We had to talk about that as well. Of course, the Spurs kind of uh, riding the ship a little bit over the last few weeks. But more specifically, the Nuggets – did the inverse of the Nets, a team that we expect to dominate, that has dominated most of the year, especially in the West. They had a very tough week and losing a game like this to the Spurs and they lost one to the, the Nets that we just talked about. They lost one a bit later in the week. Uh, kind of an odd situation. Again, we'll talk both Nets and Nuggets a little bit more with our power rankings, but we definitely had to highlight those games for you. Next, we'll go to just to, uh, Saturday's games. And the first of these that we'll talk about is another overtime affair, this time between the Orlando Magic at home uh, and the Miami Heat visiting and the Magic, getting the home victory, 126-114. to 114, Very impressive win uh, after Jimmy Butler helped force overtime for the Miami Heat. Uh, back and forth game, although Orlando held the biggest leads in the game, leading by as much as 15 in the fourth quarter, uh, nearly reclaiming that lead at the end of overtime, or that uh, margin, rather. For Miami, we mentioned Jimmy Butler. He had 38 points, five rebounds, uh, keying their effort there. Uh, Four of the other five starters, or excuse me, three of the other four starters had uh, double-figure scoring. They had 12 off the bench from Kyle Lowry making his return after some absence with injury. The Magic, though... Kind of similar to that Spurs effort, seven guys in double figures, leading scorer being Wendell Carter Jr., 27 points, 11 rebounds for him, Uh, 17 points, 10 boards for Paolo Vancaro, 17 points, 8 boards for Franz Wagner. Uh, So their front court really putting in work there in Orlando. They continue to be uh, a little bit above the expectations you might have for them, and they get a very impressive win against the Miami Heat team. Next, uh, our next Saturday game, we're going to talk – this is – Probably the biggest game of note from this weekend the Golden State Warriors winning at home against the Milwaukee Bucks 125 to 116 in overtime. Uh, and this was a late push by Steph Curry to help give them the win. Warriors led big in the third. Bucks took the lead in the fourth, led by almost, uh, they're led by about seven or eight points late in the fourth. Furious rally by the Warriors to force overtime. And then the Warriors end up stealing this game uh, in a sense. For the Bucks, All five starters and two bench players had uh, double figures scoring. Uh, No one scored more than 19. Those uh, were from Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. They combined for 38 points. They each had 19. Bobby Portis had 15 points and 13 rebounds in his continued uh, substitution effort for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Meanwhile, for the Warriors, Steph Curry, 36 points, six rebounds, four assists. Uh, six of 15 from three point range really had the green light there, as you'd expect, for the greatest shooter in NBA history. 22 points for Clay Thompson alongside him. Uh, 20 points, 10 rebounds for Dante DiVincenzo getting the start in this game. Uh, Draymond Green, 13 rebounds. Kevon Looney, 15 rebounds and five steals. Their front court effort really locking things down, especially on the glass. Jordan Poole, 13 off the bench. Michael Green, 18 off the bench as the Warriors get an impressive win in their effort to solidify their playoff position uh, against maybe the best team in the NBA at this moment, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, But of course, they were without their uh, all-star and their captain, their, you know, their MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Finally, let's jump to Sunday and we're going to talk the New York Knicks winning in uh, Los Angeles against the Lakers, 112-108. to 108. Very impressive win for the, this New York club, especially after some tough losses lately have kind of slowed their momentum. Back and forth game, uh, they take a big lead at the end of the fourth to uh, solidify the victory here. For the Lakers, still without LeBron, Anthony Davis doing what he can in his absence, 17 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, two steals and a block. Filling all you know all aspects of the stat sheet. D'Angelo Russell, uh, his second game back from injury, thirty-three points for him, eight assists, five rebounds. He led. Um, he, he was tied with Julius Randle for leading scorer of the game. Um, those two really took charge. The rest of the Lakers didn't do bad, but they just needed a little bit more something to overcome the Knicks. Still a great team, even if they're dealing with continued absence of. Uh, you know, a potential all-star, maybe could have been an all-star, Jalen Brunson. Uh, Julius Randle, we mentioned, 33 points for him, eight rebounds, five assists. Uh, They also got 30 points out of R.J. Barrett and 15 points for Emmanuel quickly filling in for Jalen Brunson uh, as they get a very impressive win against the Lakers and they continue to look impressive in the Eastern Conference. Um, That's a lot quicker than we usually do, but that's our five games that we wanted to talk about from this past weekend, a couple notes from some of the other games. Uh, Firstly, on Friday, uh, Joel Embiid had a really fantastic game at home versus the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Let me pull up that full stat line for you. Filling up all aspects of the stat sheet, 39 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, but also two steals and three blocks, doing everything on the floor. Um, the only thing he didn't do was hit a three-pointer, but outside of that, he did just about everything in a very impressive win. Similarly, similarly, and uh, <clears throat> quite surprisingly for most people, even us Jazz fans, Taylor Horton Tucker, who has been filling in as a pseudo point guard for the Jazz, really had a strong game in Charlotte against the Hornets. Now, it is the Hornets, and they've struggled a little bit more than other teams, but still impressive stats here. 37 points, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds on some great percentages overall. 2 of 5 from 3-point range for a guy who has struggled from the 3-point line this season. Um, very impressive stat line for him, and he ha- he gets a little bit of a note in our MVP conversation. We'll get there in just a moment, of course. Uh, on Sunday, worth noting that Nikola Jokic had an even greater statistical output than he did the game before, uh, which was another loss, the, the game the Nuggets lost at home against the Brooklyn Nets, uh jokic had 35 points 20 rebounds and 11 assists along with two seals and two blocks he was doing everything for the nuggets michael porter jr had 23 points of its own i mean they they had a you know a good effort but the the nets are just surprising a lot of people right now and again we'll talk a little bit more about the nets in just a moment uh finally last note from our kind of, quote unquote six men our kind of bonus notes uh on sunday We had a career high for Trey Murphy III in their home win against the Portland Trailblazers. He scored 41 points. Very impressive total, 9 to 14 from three-point range uh, for a guy who was also in the dunk contest, showing you his versatility and his underratedness, perhaps, as a player in the NBA uh, up to this point. Uh that being said, that takes care of our five-on-five drill and our six men again, a lot more quick than we normally do. We just haven't focused a lot as, as far as breaking down some of those, you know, team specific things. We'll have a chance to talk about that more with our power rankings. Uh that being said, let's jump to our key news for this last uh this weekend. We don't have a ton to talk about as far as key news. We we don't have an overload of information kind of like we did uh we had last Monday, I believe. But we have some items of importance. But, uh, firstly. The Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant, has reportedly entered a counseling program in Florida. Uh, there remains no timetable for his return to play at this current moment. That's uh, a report from Adrian Wojnarowski the ESPN. Um, helpful update. Good to know that they, he and the team are both kind of focused on him taking those next steps to uh, improve his personal situation and get back on the court and be productive, uh, both on and off the court as a member of the Grizzlies franchise. Uh, but definitely tough in the short term as far as them having to continue without their star player. Uh, but just helpful update from uh, Woj of ESPN. Next, uh, for the Celtics, Marcus Smart has been fined $25,000 for the physical altercation with uh, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks in their the Celtics' win in Atlanta on Saturday. Uh, haven't had a chance to see that specific clip uh, at this point. From what I've seen, it looks like it was a little bit more than just physical altercation, maybe even uh, sending Trey Young to the ground in some aspect. Uh, So he's fine for that. That's understandable if it was uh, quite to that degree of being physical. Um, Celtics get the win. It's another kind of one of those things where Marcus Smart is a gritty player. He's a a defensive player, of course, but he can have those physical moments, um, not condoning it in any sense, just kind of, you know, is on brand for a very – active and very physically, uh, you know, physically focused player, for lack of a better phrase. Um, Some sad news uh, for the NBA family. Felton Spencer, who was a 12-year NBA veteran uh, during the 1990s primarily, played with six different teams during that time. Uh, During his career, he passed away on Sunday yesterday at the age of 55. Uh, A tough loss, especially considering he was, you know, fairly young um, in, in terms of, you know, uh losing him at that age you know usually you'd hope to have him a little bit longer um, i appreciate felton spencer of course um also because he was a part of the jazz you know playoff push in the mid 90s he's he's a jazz man but also played with a lot of other teams uh, i think warriors along with a couple others so definitely a tough loss uh wishing the best to him uh, his his family uh, and the nba family at this time definitely a tough loss Uh, Then a couple of uh, milestone moments. Firstly, for the Sacramento Kings, Mike Brown became just the second coach in the Kings history in Sacramento specifically. They've done it a few times uh, outside of Sacramento, but first, only the second coach in their Sacramento history to win at least 40 games in a season. The only other one being Rick Adelman during their uh, peak years of the early 2000s. And this is the first time since the 2005 season which was also the last playoff appearance that the Kings as a team have won at least 40 games it's continued, you know, just a continual uh, reminder and emphasis on how much better the Kings have been this season. What Mike Brown, Darren Fox, Demondas Sabonis, and that whole crew have been able to do um, <clears throat> definitely kudos to them. It's awesome to see what the Kings have been able to do this season. Next for the Clippers. Russell Westbrook passed Isaiah Thomas for ninth all-time in the career assists leaderboard on Saturday versus the New York Knicks. Uh, so he's ninth, uh, all-time in assists. He sits, uh, right now behind eighth place, Oscar Robertson, an interesting note, since those two have been linked a lot of times to their, uh, you know, triple double, uh, output, their threat, you know, rebounding and assists along with scoring. So, uh, kind of an interesting note, but he continues to move up that ladder, uh, in that leaderboard. Finally, uh, The Players of the Week have been announced. Uh, Joel Embiid and Damanda Sabonis were the NBA Players of the Week for the East and the West, respectively. So congratulations to them for winning those uh, honors. They definitely are well-deserving of those honors, and that takes care of our key news. Uh, Again, we're kind of going through this episode a little bit quicker than maybe we normally do, but... You know, I think, we're, I think we're still doing a good job covering some of these things. Uh, let's jump into our game previews. Again, this will be Tuesday through Friday. Uh, those games that are worth paying attention to as we go through uh, the rest of this week. Uh, firstly, well, again, all of the times that I will give you for these games, the times these games start are in Eastern Standard Time, so keep that in mind as you plan uh, what games you want to check out. On Tuesday, we have eight games total, uh, an NBA TV doubleheader, Firstly at 7.30, the Denver Nuggets in Toronto against the Raptors. And then at 10 o'clock, the Phoenix Suns hosting the Milwaukee Bucks uh, rematch of a couple of years ago, There, that final series. Interesting note there. Uh, one other game to consider on League Pass at 8 o'clock, the Los Angeles Lakers in New Orleans against the Pelicans. Uh, Want to add that one, of course, because of the play-in and playoff push for both of those teams. Um Nuggets will be interesting to watch to see if they're able to, you know, right the ship after a little bit of a struggle, um, or if they continue to have issues uh, against that Toronto squad. Next on Wednesday, we have seven games total and an ESPN doubleheader. Firstly, at 7.30, the Cleveland Cavaliers play host to the Philadelphia 76ers, a great Eastern Conference matchup, two of the best teams in the league, uh, not just the Eastern Conference, and then at 10 o'clock, the la clippers hosting the golden state warriors that one should be intriguing Um, a small renewal of a rival a little bit of rivalry that was had for a couple years um, about 10 years ago but also two teams uh, in similar positions not doing as well this season as they would have hoped but also still in good standing as far as making the play in or the playoff picture and looking forward to that so that should be an interesting one on thursday we have five games total we have one national broadcast that's on nba tv at 10 o'clock the Orlando Magic are in Phoenix against the Suns. Uh, one other game, if you want to have watch one before that, on the league pass, that's at 7.30. We have the Brooklyn Nets playing host to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Magic Suns, you're looking for Bancaro versus the Suns squad. Uh, kind of his continued development there. Meanwhile, the Kings and the Nets, uh, two surprise teams. Nets surprising within the last few weeks. Kings a bit surprising this whole season. Them matching up together. You know, teams in every sense of the word, I kind of like that matchup as well. And then on Friday, there's eight games total. We have an NBA TV doubleheader again at 730. The Golden State Warriors are in Atlanta against the Hawks. And then at 1030, the Dallas Mavericks are in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Uh, Warriors Hawks, Trey Young, kind of a a Steph Curry light, if you will. He has some resemblances to Steph Curry's game. He gets a little bit more assists. Curry, of course, a little bit more scoring. Um, should be a great matchup, and then uh, Dallas in Los Angeles against the Lakers, Kyrie and Luca versus uh, Anthony Davis. I don't think LeBron will be back yet. Kyrie and Luca probably are still a bit questionable for that game, so it might be a little bit more of which team has better depth in that game. But could still be an interesting one to watch out for. <clears throat> and then at league on league pass at eight o'clock, one more game to consider: the Minnesota Timberwolves are in Chicago against the Bulls. Uh, Zach Levine against his old team that's a small storyline um also two teams continuing to fight in the play-in picture Timberwolves a little bit better off, better off than the Bulls at this moment but Bulls still have you know some good chances there um those are the games for this week again I think that um That Kings-Nets game, that League Pass game, is probably the one that jumps out to me the most as far as an intriguing game that I would really want to check out. But I think all of these have some great potential to be really exciting games to watch. Um, Regardless, that takes care of our game previews for this upcoming week. So now with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our power rankings. Again, a little bit of a shorter show for you. Um, With our power rankings, Wyatt has, as I mentioned at the beginning was kind enough to fill out his power rankings for us. Uh, Firstly, uh, Bucks number one, Celtics, two, Sixers, three, Nuggets, four. That actually stays from what he had last week, which is impressive. Um, I kind of ended up with that exact same top four based on the Nuggets slipping this week. They were one and three this past week. Uh, Meanwhile, Sixers were four and oh, they vaulted up ahead. Celtics what two and one. They righted the ship from what they did the previous week and so they kind of moved up and so Wyatt was a little bit ahead of schedule as far as the Nuggets falling so kudos to him for being able to call that um then he's got Cavs, Kings, Grizzlies, Nets, Suns and Knicks though that rounds out his top 10 and again that's very similar to what I've got uh, might even be basically the same i think i had the Suns ahead of the Knicks but um basically the same rankings overall um For the top 10 for both of us, you know, Kings and Cavs holding strong Grizzlies and Nets doing well. Despite circumstances, Knicks and Suns have some slippage in uh, in the short term here. Outside of that, we both have some pretty stationary, uh, you know, bottom tier teams, Magic, Hornets, Spurs, Rockets, Pistons. That's kind of your, you know, fifth worst or worst records. Um, And you know, 26th through 30th spots in our power rankings were based, were all the same there. Not really anything to change. Um, in the middle of the pack, there's some differences, certainly. The Knicks, you know, going back to that top 10, the Knicks fell further in his power rankings than they did mine. Um, the Raptors fell four spots for me, uh, three spots for Wyatt. Uh, Wizards and Trailblazers both fall big for both of us. Uh, very similar there. I mean, middle of the pack, uh pelicans jazz and thunder were all able to move up pacers and bulls as well um you know so there's some intrigue here but not too much really to break down outside of uh what happened uh you know kind of within the last few weeks that's really um where we're at with that really brief of course we'll post our top tens our respective top tens on our instagram page uh, if you want to check that out, that's Crossover, across time, all one word on uh, Instagram. We post content from the show, but also content from across the NBA, or at least do our best to do that. Uh, so definitely check that out in conjunction with listening to the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you doing both those things. But, again, uh, top tens, Nuggets fall. That's the big storyline. Nets surprise us. Uh, Grizzlies holding strong. Kings continue to be stellar. Um, and then middle of the pack, teams are still, you know, Jumping each other for position. There hasn't really been a team that's made an ultra strong move to really solidify their place. You know, a team that's in the play in mix a team. There hasn't been a team like that. That's really jumped ahead and seized the means of opportunity um, and claimed a spot for sure to that extent. So Uh, That's things right now. Again, we've only got a few weeks left, so things are going to get really interesting. They're already pretty interesting, but they'll get even more interesting as we close out these last few weeks and we get that playoff picture really locked in in stone. Uh, That being said, let's go ahead and, you know, waste no more time. Let's get into our MVP conversation Um, again. If you're new to the show, the way we do our weekly MVP uh, discussion is we pick, you know, 10 of the best players from this past week. Uh, games. We of course focus on you know their statistical output, points, rebounds, assists, but we also pick players who had winning uh records during that time helped you know contribute to winning basketball, not just flashy stats. Uh you know, it's one thing to average 40 points a game and lose all three or four of the games you played that week. Uh, but to do you average 35, 40 points a game and go three and one that really means something and it shows that you're playing some meaningful basketball. Um, I need to add a 11th man to our mix here because I realized simply because he didn't have a huge points average, he got kind of lost in the shuffle of our MVP mix of, of players, but he's certainly in this conversation. So your honorary 11th man in this mix is DeMontis Sabonis, of course the Western Conference Player of the Week. He averaged 20 points, nearly 11 rebounds, eight assists, a uh, little high on turnovers, but a steal still a game. Um, great percentages, you know, made every three-pointer he attempted, only probably a couple a game, but uh, maybe one or two were a game. But great percentages all around. The Kings were 3-0. We got to recognize him here. But you'll see, compared to some of these other guys, he probably won't be our MVP this week. It's a shame, but, um, you know, credit to him. He still had a phenomenal week this week. Uh, that being said, let's talk real quick our – 10 candidates that we did pick, uh, Joel Embiid, Shea Gilgers-Alexander, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard, Donovan Mitchell, Halen Horton-Tucker, a surprise name here, Kelly Oubre Jr., Larry Markkinen, and Mikhail Bridges. Those are our 10 names. And really, we'll go through this pretty quick because some weeks we have four or five names that are really close as far as any of these guys could be great MVP names. Uh, MVP selections other weeks we have a guy that kind of really stands out above the press and honestly this week we have that it's a former winner he won in week four last so very the beginning of the season and that's Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers again I don't mean to take away anything these other guys did because Jason Tatum Kawhi Leonard Zach Levine Donovan Mitchell those would probably be your next group as far as guys that really stood out. Each of them averaged 30-plus points a game, uh, you know, six or seven rebounds a game. Tatum actually averaged 11 rebounds a game, uh, racking up some assists. They've got some defensive numbers. Their percentages were pretty great, plus-minus good. Uh, all of them won at least a couple of games. Donovan Mitchell went 3-1, and one. but impede went 4-0 and oh in this stretch. Averaging nearly 39 points a game, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. The turnovers are a touch high, about 3 turnovers a game, but the defensive stats uh, kind of outweigh that. Nearly 3 blocks per game, 1.5 steals per game, 62% from the floor, 50 from 3-point range, 88 from the free throw line, plus 7 in his minutes there, and averaging 33 minutes a game. And, again, it's not to discount what these other guys did at all because they all had MVP caliber types of weeks. Great level of play. But Joel Embiid was just a little bit above those guys. Uh, Wyatt entered his vote. He really had the same mindset. We both kind of locked in on Embiid here. Pretty clear choice. So we're going to lock that in. Congratulations to Joel Embiid, our Week 21 MVP in the NBA uh, certainly well-deserving based on what he was able to do this past week. Uh, so we'll lock that in. Joel, if you want to pick up your trophy, go ahead and uh, come see us. We definitely appreciate you stopping by. And, again, much quicker than we've usually done on Mondays. Um, not, I don't think that's a good or a bad thing. I think it's just an aspect of having your one host. Again, we'll have Wyatt back tomorrow most likely, but let's we'll finish up with our This Day in History fact for you. Uh, so March 13th, we're going back to 1999. Uh, March 13th, 1999, Charles Barkley of the Houston Rockets became the third player in NBA history to amass 20,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 4,000 assists when he recorded his first assist in their 189 victory over over Cleveland Cavaliers. In doing that, 20 20 points, 20,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 4,000 assists. At that point, he joined Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Wilt Chamberlain as the only three players to ever do that. Wanted to add that because with the personality that Charles Barkley is on inside the NBA and and that kind of thing we forget a lot of times that oh when when he played he was truly one of the greatest players of all time and truly one of the most unique players as far as skill set size um, athleticism tenacity uh, truly a great player and we got to always recognize that when we had the chance so. Um, That said, that takes care of our show. Again, we're likely to have Wyatt on tomorrow for our normal, uh, you know, summaries from tonight's action, our key news, and then we'll focus on our award chase conversation. I think that'll be interesting. We'll probably frame that as, you know. Who are your picks? Who are my picks? Let's debate it a little bit so we can have some interesting dialogue there to break up kind of what we've had in the past with our war chase conversation. So I think that'll be great. Um, but definitely stay tuned for that. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back with you on tomorrow's show. Thanks again.